0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio, heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio.
1: Good afternoon and welcome. As you heard in Bob's News, NDP leader Andrea Horvath just released a second set of leaked documents this last hour relating to the Ford government's plans for transforming health care. Here are the areas that Horvath says are slated to be privatized. Those documents show how Ford's scheme
0: completely privatizes inspections, laboratories, licensing, the medical devices program, assisted devices program, uh, and orange air ambulance. These are critical government functions that Ontario families count on, like inspecting long term
2: care homes.
1: Okay, well before we get to the NDP health critic, Florence Jelina, I just want to make the point. The documents also seem to confirm that the LINS, the local health integration networks, will be abolished uh, and replaced with a single super agency. We reported that here uh, a little less than three weeks ago. And as far as I can tell, some of those areas that Horvath was talking about are already private, like labs. And when you're talking about Orange it was notoriously mismanaged under the public sy- system with huge salaries, questionable expenses, and financial irregularities. So let us now bring in NDP health critic Franz Jelena. Hi, France. Good morning, Libby. It's good
2: afternoon. Oh, good afternoon. Sorry.
1: Okay. So um, uh, Andrea Horvath just outlined the areas she says will be privatized. And as I said, I think some of those areas are already delivered by the private sector, uh, and others like Orange, well, that was a big boondoggle when it was public. Uh, what's your take on that?
2: So I, uh, I agree with you that uh, Orange, you remember the $1 million uh, payout to Dr. Mazza and all of this? That happens when Orange wanted to go as a public firm a big inquest was held and uh, inquiry, sorry, and uh, they came back. They are a not-for-profit charitable organizations, and all is well now. Uh, when they try to make the conversions to private, this is when everything derails. But uh, that put aside, um, they are, uh, I am worried. I am worried. Things like inspections of long-term care homes, you have a captive audience of very vulnerable people who live in our long-term care home. Most of them are run by big uh, corporation, private corporation, Leisure World, Extended Care, all of this. They trade on the stock market. They make a lot of money running our long-term care home. And now it will be a private agency looking at private care uh, to very vulnerable population the accountability um, is getting weaker and weaker when we know reports after reports that all is not good in our long-term care system.
1: I I absolutely agree with you, but my understanding is that there are now not enough inspectors to inspect often enough, and, and if the private inspector is not related to the Private healthcare companies or the private long-term care home. Uh, why would that necessarily be different? It's
2: different. But, uh, I agree with you that we had to uh, fight really hard with the Liberal government to hire one more, uh, one hundred more inspector into our long-term care homes. Our long-term care homes. At some point, you need government oversight. The government exists for. Uh, For the good of the people, when there are uh, vulnerable people, such as are in our long-term care home, most of them don't have a voice. At some point, you have to have a a neutral third party who looks in. Um, I'm sorry, but as long as it is a for-profit agency that goes and looks in, then the number one priority is to make a profit, then to do a good job at doing inspection. I don't want doing a good job to be priority number two after profit. I want it to be the only priority.
1: Well, I, I guess not everybody uh, would agree with that, but be that as it may, laboratories, a lot of them are already private. What's the problem?
2: Uh, yes, lots of them are private, but we do have one big uh, not-for-profit uh, public uh, lab, and it is uh, the labs that are run by all of our public health units, and they are the one who prevents uh, outbreaks. They are the one who uh, keeps an eye out as to how many community-acquired pneumonia is happening in different parts of our province, etc. They are there to do a role to keep us safe. Um, again, um, when it comes to protecting the public, I would much prefer uh, that profit not be the number one uh, goal. When it comes to protecting people in long-term care home, I want, a, I want a government overview. When it comes to protecting Ontarians from outbreaks and, uh, and other uh, transmittable diseases, I want this to be a, a government role, a not-for-profit, a crown agency, a government role. Uh, I agree with you that when you go to MDS or Life Lab and you get a blood sample, it's handled by the for-profit and it has been working, it has been working good. When it comes to the role of the public health lab, they have a bigger role to keep us safe and I think those important safety functions should stay in the not-for-profit and it should stay with the government.
1: Um, you know, I know I, I uh, used to be on a patient advisory council at Princess Margaret, actually, for cancer, and uh, when trying to offer more cancer treatment, uh, and I don't—it's—it's it's been a couple of years, so I don't know if things have been changed. But the biggest holdup, one of the biggest holdups, was the lab and uh, the ability to process biopsies. So, if the the problem with capacity there isn't um you know um outsourcing some of it a possible solution
2: how does outsourcing provide more capacity it's so you you have to believe in the for profit do things better cheaper faster i don't believe in that this is what the Harris government told us about our home care system For hundreds of years, we had not-for-profit home care, we had good home care, most of it through VON, it worked really good. And then the Harris government told us, oh no, the for-profit will do this faster, cheaper, better. Look at our home care system now. Could you really tell me that it's that it's better than what it was when we were under a not-for-profit? I mean, there are some companies that have made millions of dollars off of our home care system, but do the people waiting for care in their home, are they better looked after than when it was the VON who used to, to offer our home care? Absolutely not. To think that the for-profit do things better, cheaper, faster, it does not work in health care. Um,
1: well, um I would, I would also say I would agree with you on that, that that definitely has to be reformed. And, and to my way of thinking, the home care is the place that has to start because if that's the cause of the bottlenecks, um, and there are probably too many small private agencies involved there. Though, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not sure that the, the, you know, the difference is public or private. Anyway, I'm going to bring in Natalie Mera who is with the Ontario Health Coalition. Hi, Natalie. Natalie, are you there? I'm here. Hi, Hi, Libby. Hi, uh so we're on the line with France gelina Uh I'm sure you're aware Andrea Horvath just leaked some documents which she says point to increased privatization, but in certain areas, labs, which many of which are already privatized, Orange Air Service inspections and licensing. Uh but I also want to make the distinction for our listeners that there's no talk here of a of a two tier system. It's farming stuff out to the the private sector, but still with a single payer. Natalie, do you see big dangers in this? Yes. So this is the second slew of leaked documents from the NDP. And, you know, we should be
0: very grateful that the official opposition is doing such a good job of shedding public spotlight on very important changes that are being um, talked about you know, in secret in this government with no mandate whatsoever that would lead to two-tier health care without a shadow of a doubt. So the first slew of leaked documents last week, Libby, um, included a clause. So it took the LINS, the existing kind of regional health authorities that fund and oversee our health care, and created one super agency out of them with new powers to order any health service provider to contract out any part of the healthcare supply chain which could include, you know, support services, but also could include diagnostics or other things like that, to private for-profit companies, and also gave them the power to order which company they could go to. Uh, and so, what we found, we phoned every private clinic in the country, uh, and we did a, a big investigative report. And the Global Mail also, in tandem, did an investigative report. And what we found was that the vast majority of the for-profit clinics. Extra billed patients for their health care. And we even see that in Ontario where, you know, private cataract clinics, even though we've paid for those surgeries through our taxes, they should be covered for free. That's what public Medicare is. Those are people's rights under public Medicare. The clinics bill well, the, 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 the clinics. they is, bill patients on top of that?
1: Well, the, the claim is, with the the cataracts, is that the, a certain type of lens is covered under the public system, and if you want to upgrade, you have to pay more.
0: In addition to the lens, though, they're charging $200 per patient for medically unnecessary eye measurement tests. So the OHIP-covered eye measurement tests are perfectly good. They show, you know, according to the studies, they show actual proof that they work. The the other ones are untested. The studies do not show medical efficacy, but patients are being manipulated into paying extra hundreds of dollars because it makes more money for the surgeons. In addition, uh, a number of the surgeons are charging for the cataract surgery itself, $2,000 an eye, for the surgery itself, and they're manipulating patients into buying unnecessary things like lenses and extra eye tests and so on. So it's both, Libby. you know, we found that in the majority of clinics across the country, and we also found a number of the clinics double billed They bill OHIP and they build a the patient too Isn't that illegal? for the same procedure. Isn't that illegal? It should be, but they're is so it they're doing because it. Cause is illegal. that illegal? It's illegal to violate the Canada Health Act and charge a patient for medically necessary service, uh, but they're doing it anyways. Well, so th- when people say to... you can bring in private clinics and not have two tier Medicare, we say, well, the evidence. You know, we've done this twice, three times over 10 years, and the evidence is that the majority of the private clinics break the law and charge patients illegally extra user fees in the hundreds or thousands of dollars. And most of these patients are seniors. They're on fixed incomes, and they, you know, that money, that's a hardship for them that they ought not to face. They already paid for health care and their taxes, and it should be there for
2: them. Uh, isn't that an enforcement issue, Ponce? Uh Partly, but it's also a, it, an issue of... Um, of access, so um, I I know lots of ophthalmologists who have private clinic, and if you go to their private clinic, they prefer to use this lens, and they charge you three hundred to five hundred dollars per eye. But they also do surge cataract surgery in the hospital, and when they are in the hospital, they are quite satisfied to use the lens that is there, um, and and the list goes on and on. Um, hospitals do thousand of colonoscopy every day. If you have a colonoscopy in a private clinic, you go to the hospital, it's always free. You go to a private clinic and all of a sudden it would be good for you to talk to the nutritionist before you have your colonoscopy and it's 80 bucks. So there's always a gray zone, gray area. Sometimes it's not great to me at all when they've actually had to pay for, for the procedure that they shouldn't have, but as um, Mrs. mara said, a lot of them are older people who this release this power relationship between themselves and the specialist that they that they depend on makes it almost impossible for them to ever press charges to ever uh, move forward. They come to see me and say france i don't have the five hundred dollars for my other eye, but I really need it. I need to continue to drive and I need." And all I say is go to the hospital, it will be free. And then they say, really? Yeah, you can have the same ophthalmologist, same surgeon, do the same surgery free in the hospital, but it's 500 bucks if you go to his office. Yeah, well, uh, to me, that
1: is an area of uh, enforcement. Um, I've, I've heard those stories. And I've also heard on on the, the other side of it, and this, you know, from other doctors saying, Actually, there is a difference between the two kinds of lenses. Um, uh, but uh, getting to the crux of it, Natalie, do you see any... Do you believe the Ford government that there's not going to be any two-tier health?
0: No, not at all. Once you turn over health care from being an altruistic non-profit service for people to being a private for-profit service, uh, with, you know commodity, essentially, you introduce the profit motive. And what we have seen across Canada and across Ontario is when that happens, they find extra ways to increase their revenue streams. And that comes from extra billing of patients. Drives up costs. It takes scarce resources out of our local public hospitals to the private clinics that take only the lightest easiest care patients, people who aren't going to code on the operating room table, people who can walk in and walk out. These are the profitable patients. They leave the heavier care patients behind in the public hospitals with less resources to provide for them. It is it's, bad. it's a bad way to organize your health system, and it leads to new user fees, and it leads to two-tier health care, and we can prove that. I mean, we've seen it. And while it may be a question of enforcement theoretically, in reality, no government in Canada has been able to stop the private clinics from extra billing. So in practice, nobody has been able to stop them. They break the law, and then they challenge governments to stop them. And when governments try to stop them, as in B.C., they bring court challenges to try and bring down the laws that protect single tier Medicare in Canada, which is what's happening right now in BC. These are not good players in the healthcare system. They're not an add-on. They're a takeaway from public health care. And if we want to improve public health care, then we need to improve capacity in the public health care system, in our local public hospitals, in our local long term care, public nonprofit long term care, to improve access to care for people. It's, you know, and it's been proven for now decades that for every unit of investment in the public system, we get more capacity than in the private system because it costs more. Okay. For example, those cataracts, $1,000 regularly, you know, around Brand around uh, Brantford. Oakville, Mississauga, for cataract surgery in the private clinic, $550 in the public system. An MRI is $280 in the public system, paid by our taxes. In private clinics, it's regularly $1,000 for the same MRI. Like, why would we have people paying five times the cost for services okay. in order to pay for people's
1: profits? Okay, we've got, to, we've got to take a couple of calls. Let's hear from Bill in Toronto. Hi, Bill.
0: Hi. You know, I, I think I've heard both of your guests say free, the term free. There's nothing free in healthcare, okay? And um, my mother was in, uh, in a home. She was very well taken care of. Um, I have nothing to complain about. My medical system is really good, except, you know, you got to get through the door of the emergency. And I don't see what's wrong with, with profit. You know, I own stocks in some of these companies that actually make money from it. Uh, I don't get it. Like, we need competition. We need to stir this thing up. And if this is the best the NDP can deliver, it's a sad state of affairs for politics in
1: Canada. Okay. Uh, Let's hear from Tim in Brampton. Hi, Tim. Hi. I'm tired of hearing this statement, not for profit.
0: You can run at a loss. You can run it a profit. If you're going to run what you people refer to as not-for-profit, it means somebody sits down at the beginning of a year and says, we'll do 100 of these and 200 of those and 400 of those, and when we reach that limit, that's it, because there's no more money. Now, either start saying what you're doing and restricting operations in order to do them and stay on budget or admit that sometimes you have to have flexibility. And if you're you're going to run flexibility, you have to overstaff and you have to struggle to make make more money than you need.
1: Okay, Okay, Tim, thanks for that. Thank you. Okay. Uh, we are out of time on this one. I'm sure the story will continue. We're waiting for a response from the health minister, Christine Elliott. And in the meantime, thank you so much to France Jalina, the NDP health critic, and to Natalie Mera with the Ontario Health Coalition. Thanks, guys. Anytime, anytime. Thank you both.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one.